this is a beginning point. This is a beginning point. This is the beginning of the rest of my life. I got the meaning, and I gotta write it down, because I don't want to forget it. Just win, baby. Now this is the beginning. Some technical difficulties. It wouldn't let me play <laughs> on my side, but uh, we good. We're good. It's good, man. Welcome back to the Gold Jacket Podcast. Proudly sponsored by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog has it all daily, weekly, season-long best ball tournaments that are literally happening 365 days a year. Plus, you can play their pick and props game, get five picks right, and win 20 times your money. Head over to underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code TNFF. You will get a 100% deposit match up to $100. Enough about that. I am your host, Gymnastic. You can find me on Twitter at GoldJacketQBs, and I am always joined by the other host of this show, Connor Donald, you can find him absolutely everywhere at Twitter at Connor10. And we are proud members of the True North Fantasy Football Network. Make sure to check out the entire network at True North FFB on Twitter, on YouTube. If you're watching us right now, it's the TNFF Network. Thank you. And on the internet, TrueNorthFFB.com. You can find articles, rankings, podcast streams, whole bunch of shit. Who knows? Gotta go check it out. Being revamped. It's all beautiful. Mike, beauty. Tonight is an all value based episode with some double doubles because we might be putting you to sleep at that point and you need to wake up. Talking overvalued, undervalued players. I'm just kidding. Nobody's going to sleep. Connor, what is happening? Man, I'm pumped. This is that last. This is the last stop of us not talking about rookies. Because I know that, you know, there's people who've been talking about rookies at nauseum for like two months, three months now. But we are not that type. We take the four weeks before, we look at each position, we talk, we bring on guests. I got some great guests signed up already, uh, starting with next week when we're talking quarterbacks. And uh, we just take four weeks and we talk about them. And then we do most of the content about these people and their integration into the league after the draft. Because why sh- why would we talk about the Matt make these hot takes, and then, you know, Clyde Edwards-Alaire lands in Kansas City, and he becomes a complete dud, falls flat on his face, completely unexpected to all the hot takes and all the takes that were happening leading up to that draft, and after the pick was made, we might as well just wait, might give you a brief talk into about them, and then, you know, talk about them more after. So this is it. This is going to be the last episode where we talk no rookies for the next four weeks, and the rookies will probably be integrated into every episode hereafter. So this will be exciting, man. I'm, I'm excited to dive into it. We are leveraging a keep, trade, and cut for our rankings that we used to talk about everything on tonight's episode. Um, and we, uh, I definitely have a packed show sheet, so we're going to try and squeeze this in to oh, it's gonna be quick. one hour. And we are going to start right now with the quarterback position. And I want to know who's a quarterback that you think is being undervalued before we head into the rookie drafts. Uh, Me, I'm going with the guy who everybody thought left, but then came back uh, quarterback 23, Tom Brady. Um, I think, I think he's being, I definitely think he's being undervalued. Uh, I actually think he plays it more than just this season. I like it. I like it. I, I do too, though, because there is this like underlying belief that he's actually going to play uh, past this year and that he, you know, he may think about it next year, but it kind of saying you're getting this feeling. It's more than just a one year thing. Um, so uh, QB 23. Yeah, that would be a hell of a value to get a guy. You never know when the end is there. 
but the value that he brings to the players around him and the value that he brings to you for fans, he's a top 12, lock and loaded top 12 quarterback. Oh, yeah. So you're contending you're, with him every year. Like from now on, mm-hmm. you're a contending team. 100%. You're not going for the 101 with him. No, 100%. No, you you take Tom Brady where you take The crazy thing is, you're likely getting him as your second quarterback. So you're definitely contending because you probably have a guy maybe near the top, like, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, some of those names that you're going to pair with them. So you damn well better be contending with those two quarterbacks in a super flex league. I got Zach Wilson at QB 19. I think that there's a lot of people. um, I tout the QB school. He had a really good on YouTube. He had a really good video breaking down a game for Zach Wilson. And there's a lot of people who I don't think watch the film and don't realize the God given talent Zach Wilson has. And the effort that the Jets are making to put put weapons around him and make this offense a viable working machine. So there is Zach Wilson is definitely a value at QB 19. You're going to get him as your second QB likely no matter what, but getting him at QB 19, that is just undervalued, man. That is, this is just people saying, well, did you look at the efficiency metrics? Did you look at things like that? It's not all about the efficiency metrics. Did you look at the efficiency metrics the year that, that, uh, Jameis Winston went 30 and 30, but he was a top five QB and for fantasy. People weren't talking about it then. This is a similar situation. This guy has the God-given talent and a, and the effort of an actual uh, like managerial staff that wants to put the pieces around him, unlike a bunch of other quarterbacks in this league. Yeah, absolutely. I love that one, Connor. Uh, in the private chats, you know you know me and a couple other the guys in the private chats, we, we highly tout Zach Wilson in our leagues. I'm throwing out a couple firsts. And super flex leagues to try to get them where I haven't already got them because I believe in the talent right now and I believe in the situation. Absolutely. If you think that there is any quarterback coming out of this draft that's going to be much better than Zach Wilson, you're probably going to be sorely disappointed when you could have dealt the 108, 109 for Zach Wilson and instead you end up using it for a guy like Matt Corral or, or Ritter and are very disappointed when they become perennial backups. Or oh, one and done I, in the league. I highly advise if you if you hit the one away and a guy named Kenneth Walker the third is still on the board, you slam that draft button for him if you mm-hmm. are dead set on. I on guess it's if you're looking for a quarterback and you're I'm sitting saying, there with the 108-109. I'm saying if you want to make a draft it, pick it. and you have the 108-109 and you want to <laughs> make a draft pick and that man's still on the board. Fair. Uh, I'd be taking Fair. him. Unless I you're agree. in leagues with me, then I mean, you can just let him keep sliding if you really want. One <laughs> uh, QB being overvalued, I think that we're both in agreement here because we have kind of in our group chats been kind of bashing the guy. Um, QB9 going at pick 21, Trey Lance. This is a guy who isn't even confirmed to have the job yet. This is a guy who could not pull anything. If you're sitting there and you're going to sit there and you're, and you're talking about Zach Wilson, you're like, oh, Zach Wilson, look at him last year. Go back and look at Trey Lance last year in the limited tape that exists on him. You can't sit there and tell me that you put, you're going to put your faith in him as your QB1. Because the QB9 in a super flex draft, that's where you're likely, that's likely your number one quarterback that you are picking. And there is no reason to believe he's going to be ready next year. We knew he was a developmental project. And I mean, I talked, I talked him up last year during the draft process. I didn't realize things would get out of control like this. He's going ahead of the generational talent that was Trevor Lawrence. He's going ahead. Forget that. He's going ahead of Matt fucking Stafford, Super Bowl mm -hmm. winning quarterback, Matt Stafford. If you're really putting a name on age or an age on a quarterback of 30 K, you guys are nuts. Who just got a fresh new deal. Nuts. Like, um, absolutely mm-mm. nuts. Yeah, I want to rant about that a little bit too, because like you said there, um that he's going ahead of some some guys there. And like I actually put in the notes, I just want to rant that he is going over guys like Stafford, like QB9 to QB13. Are you crazy? Like, yeah, okay, Stafford might be like a QB13. I'm not doubting, I'm not bashing that part aspect of it. I'm bashing like 
what are y'all doing pushing Trey Lance up that far? For a guy that's not, for all intents and purposes, I said, doesn't even have the job. Like, doesn't even have the job right now. They have Jimmy G. Mm-hmm. They didn't they even. They still haven't been offer? able to move Jimmy well, no, G. What, no, whoa, no, no, no. They could have, and they turned it down. What was that offer they turned down? Like two, two seconds. Two seconds? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it is what it is. It's crazy. So that, that shows you how much they value Jimmy G. Definitely. Absolutely. The fact that they were willing to hold Jimmy G and they're not prepared. Like, what does that say when you say no to two seconds, you thought the value was better, but you're still not desperate to move the guy and you've Trey Lance sitting there. Like something doesn't feel right that, that this situation is still there. If Trey Lance was your guy, you're not going to sit on a guy like Jimmy G who's going to count against your cap fairly significantly. Well over like $15 million. He's going to count against your cap and you're going to keep him on roster. Like there's, I have concerns. I have thoughts on that. And it does not spell anything very good for Trey Lance. Um, But Trey Lance was my pick. And uh, I know you wanted to rant about it, but it looks like you also picked a second person as a backup plan. Uh, Oh yeah. Because you know, uh, it's just me being me. And that's, uh, Deshaun Watson at QB7, and it's not due to the talent. It's due to the fact of really you're going to see some sort of suspension. You have to think you're going to see some sort of suspension, whether he walks away completely innocent from all the civil and criminal cases or not. The detrimental aspect to the league has been definitely there. He's going to see some some sort of suspension. So to think he's going to finish that highly at QB7, that means to me everything – Means first off, everything completely has to go right. He has to get the most minimal suspension that you've ever seen of like three games, mm-hmm. and then hit the ground running with a new team, new wide receivers, a year out of the game, and hit every single possible ceiling. Mm-hmm. That's nuts to me. That's absolutely nuts to me. You're leaving no room for for error at all. And this is not to mean that he can't live up to it. I mean, I think he could live up to the QB7 expectations. I just think, you know, if you Ooh, draft him as your first quarterback, I don't think you're seeing that for the first year at a minimum year, maybe two years. Like, you're you're taking this guy, you're going to sit there, and there's a, like you said, you're going to sit on a suspension. Then you have to get the rest off, make sure that he's in the, the perfect shape that he was in, and that he gets back to that top five caliber quarterback that he was prior to all of this happening. And I just don't see that happening either. I mean, you, why not take someone who you can almost be certain and convinced, like right smack in the middle of Deshaun Watson and Trey Lance's Dak Prescott? Why not take somebody who you can put your faith in that from day one they're going to play? They have that, that top 12 ceiling. You can trust them. There's no concerns. Sure, this is dynasty. You should look at it with a three year outlook, but the three year outlook on Deshaun Watson is so vague, so fuzzy right now that why would you even think about it? the same with Trey Lance? It's so vague, it's so fuzzy. Hey, Neither of these look, guys are. If you are looked proven. at a three year window with, with Deshaun Watson two years ago when you were buying prior to any of this stuff coming out, your window looks like pretty pretty shitty right now because you've <laughs> lost you've lost probably a year and a half of that three year window, right? Like minimum. Yes. Yes, you definitely have. Uh, maybe but, maybe I mean, two. You and now you're stuck. Now you're probably stuck with them. And but it's not necessarily a bad thing to be stuck with them. I just wouldn't be paying the premium for him right now. To me, yeah, good. He, he got traded. He got a fully guaranteed contract. But we know the NFL. Nothing's guaranteed in the NFL, especially in the realm of suspensions and the precedent setting cases that already exist. Yep. At what eight games is the minimum, minimum slap on the wrist? The NFL saying we don't really care about what happened. That is not going to be this. That's not going to be where it stands. I'm sorry. That just, I've always stood by it's likely going to be a full 17 game season. And they didn't restructure the contract to have the minimum cap hit next season with literally no guarantees, no anything because they felt he was getting that slap on the wrist and he'd be in their lineup by week four through nine. That just, that's not why they structured the cap and the contract the way they did. So 
We could definitely go on about uh, Deshaun Watson for quite yeah. a while. Now you're ranting. Yeah, now I'm ranting. Uh, but let's dig into it because it's a perfect transition. So Deshaun Watson, QB7, he's going 10th right now. Or QB8 going 16, Dak Prescott, who you got? Well, I mean, I thought it was pretty obvious when <laughs> I put Deshaun Watson as being my overvalued QB. Uh, it's got to be Dak, Dak attack. Agreed. I mean, you, you talked about him a little bit there in your little rant there in your mini gym rant. Um, so, yeah, I'll let, I'll let you take the reins of that one, but it's Dak for me. Yeah, it's Dak for me, too. I think people saw just a down year for the offense in general. They were banged up. They had the injuries. They had the issues along the offensive line. I really think that the Dallas Cowboys offense is going to kind of return not to the top, top caliber before uh, Dak had his ankles snapped, but not to the low points that they were at last season. I think that they can find a good median, and that is, that would be great for Dak Prescott. Is he going to be a QB1? Maybe not. Is he going to be a top five QB, five through eight? Definitely. I can definitely see that if they land right in the middle. And Deshaun Watson, of course, big question mark. So we don't know. There's a lot too many question marks for the next one to three years for me to buy into that when you can put your faith in your QB1 of Dak Prescott when drafted Absolutely. At in round, early in round two. Next one I got is uh, QB11 going 28th, Trevor Lawrence, or QB12 going 33, Justin Fields. Whoo, man. Uh, how the tides have turned for me. Uh, it's it's Trevor Lawrence um, on this one. Yeah, yeah. A- anything to add? Uh, it's <laughs> ugly is what it is, really, if those are the two you're picking in between. Evan uh, Ingram. You got Evan Ingram, Zay Jones, and Christian Kirk coming uh, in as your saviors for Trevor Lawrence. Ugly. I think it's ugly for both of them, but. Yeah, because you got Darnell um, Mooney and what Dem- uh, Byron Pringle coming in on the uh, Chicago side. Yeah, I mean, listen, I like Darnell Mooney. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's more the ineptitude of Chicago as a whole, I think, than you know what I mean. Like, you can get rid of a coach. You can get rid of a coach, but like your GM was still there. Like the guys making all the, all the all the major decisions are still still really in place. So I don't know. Anyway, oh, I don't know what to say about that. Yeah, D- D- Trevor Lawrence. Agreed. Um, for me, I'm likely going Trevor Lawrence because if you're looking at it with like even like uh, any type of lens of three to five years, there's no way you can tell me with any certainty that Justin Fields can live up to what he was supposed to be anytime soon because it doesn't well, feel like they're doing anything offensively. They're not doing anything that. to support the guy. There's the rumor, too, that if Justin Fields doesn't really show real promise to the organization, he might not be the guy next year. So, Agreed, and, and I mean, that's already- something – because you have to this this whole crew that, that is now there, the front office, the coaching staff, is no longer the ones that drafted and invested in Justin Fields. They are prepared. They have a leash again that they can be like Justin Fields isn't our guy. He isn't our answer. So then the all this doubt comes into play. And if he doesn't step up with what limited weaponry he has, he could be out of a job and not even really given an opportunity. And Trevor Lawrence. They brought in a QB guru from a uh, from a coaching standpoint in Doug Peterson and are going to work with Trevor Lawrence. They have done they brought in a bunch of weapons. They are doing everything they can to help Trevor Lawrence, the generational talent of last season's draft to succeed. And I think that he can succeed even with just somewhat better weaponry than what he had last year. Even if it's just minor steps up, it is steps up for Trevor Lawrence and a good way for him to prove himself. Um, yeah, absolutely. Here's one that, man, you got to be itching at the bit. These two guys, mediocrity at their finest, if you can absolutely. say it any better. But now they've got literally last year's ranked, pre preseason ranked, like wide receiver, what one and three? 
Pretty much. And we are, I'm shocked they were this low, to be honest. We are talking the QB 17 with pick 53, Tua Tagovailoa, and the QB 18, pick 62, Derek Carr. Derek Carr. McCarr. <laughs> um, for me here, I'm, go- I'm going with Derek Carr because, man, the dude's got the are. job security. He's got the job security. He's about no. to lock down a new five-year contract sometime this offseason because you've liked Derek Carr like ever absolutely absolutely yes that is David Carr retired Derek Carr took a spot oh my god another car (laughs) this this isn't (laughs) fair because we were Tua people we love Tua and so far but to me I'm in the middle of writing an article right now for player profiler breaking down why Miami isn't necessarily the hotbed destination for fantasy that people might think it is and Man, this guy has to take drastic steps forward in very key categories that pretty much coincide perfectly with top 12 quarterback relevancy. And Absolutely. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think you have this guy going from ranking in the QB 30 ballpark in these categories. That it, When the article comes out, you can go look at it because I won't give it away right now. He has to go from QB 30 to get up to at least a top 18. And I just don't, I don't see it happening. Derek Carr, he just go, he, he's been, he's there. He, he's got, he's finally got the weaponry. He's never really had this weaponry. I know that people talk about, oh, he had Amari oh, Cooper, he had Michael Cat, Crabtree, whatever. Oh, wait, yeah, That's, yeah, right he has. You can say that he had the weaponry, but I know, I take I would take Devontae he Adams over Mary Cooper he and had Michael the Crabtree. He had the weaponry. Statistically he proved it. He did. I and I honestly think the weaponry of Darren Waller, Devontae Adams, and Hunter Renfro is better than the duo of Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree of years past. Well, yeah, only because he. F- <laughs> That's only because he sustained Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller already as two top twelve options. So Absolutely. now he's adding another top 12 option. Like, I Absolutely. think, again, halfway through that article, and I got to just touch it up a bit. Uh, yeah, he's going to get dinged. Like, Devontae Adams is going to see the ding. Yeah, all good for it's all good for Derek Carter, right? Ring the bell for him. Uh, to me, Absolutely. the biggest thing here is the job security. We can't say the same about Tua. Man, Tua's almost on a leash okay. like Justin Fields. Not even the job security for me. Let's give Tua. Let's give Tua the hypothetical job security that that Derek Carr is, is getting. And to me, it's it's piece of the pie. It's 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 literally the size of that fucking pie. I still can't get. I can't get Tyree Kill cracking where he's cracking or. Jalen Waddle cracking where he's cracking and in ADPs, uh, looking at looking at what they're doing there. Um, maybe I'm well, wrong. You saw, and you I saw the value. So. You see the value, man. I shared one in our group chat. I got Brandon Ayuk and Jalen Watt or Brandon Ayuk and Jerry Judy for Waddle and two third round picks. Like that was it. Like people are hyped about Jalen Waddle, but like. The pat is the passing game. Are you certain Jalen Waddle? Like he had 140 targets last year. Are we certain that he can do the same? Say if we take away 20 targets, this pat this offense with McDaniel is not going to necessarily be this high octane passing offense. Despite Tyreek and they just paid Tyreek Hill 30 million dollars a year. I'm sorry, Jalen Waddle owners, you're not paying the guy 30 million dollars to what to end up being to out target him you're not going to try and feed tyreek hill endless amounts of targets yeah you would think so to a unless rookie, he's just like going contract. for a retirement like i don't know but you don't really pay him that much as a retirement you're right? not giving tyreek hill this much money to not give him a minimum 125 targets no chance he's going anyways below that and, and that is, in my opinion, my friend, at least 25% of that passing offense right there. If not more. My if biggest thing more. with my biggest thing with Tua is he's safe. He doesn't pull the trigger on big shots. He takes what the defense gives him. He, okay. He j- so let, let's even go with that. And I agree with that. So let's say he does go with it safe. And we've seen Andy Reid. That's another thing. Josh McDaniels 
Sorry, not Josh McDaniels. Um, Mike McDan. Yeah. Is uh, whatever, man. Close uh, enough. Make, make a few polls and then keep pumping through the day, and this is what you get. Uh, <laughs> uh, isn't Andy Reid, in my opinion, uh, new new guy on the block? Let's see, let's see what like what's really behind the curtain. You know what I mean? Like let's let's really see this. Uh, but anyway, like we've seen Andy scheme Tyreek short. We've seen Tyreek take punts right and, and have no room. We've seen him operate in the phone booth. Uh, I love Tyreek. I'm not shitting on him. No, no way I doubt about it. Look at the, check out the Viridian Global T-shirt I'm rocking uh, today. Uh, it's the cheetah, man. All love for him. Um, but that pie is smaller. So even if he's working in in that area and scheming, let's say short short area screens and and the low a a by a targets. What what what's for Waddle? That that's Waddle spread and butter, right? That's yeah. what, mm-hmm. that's exactly what we saw Jalen Waddle doing. So you you're paying a guy twenty three point eight million dollars a year to do what your rookie did last year that everyone was saying was a Walmart version of Tyreek. Like you were that was your discount Tyreek. So I don't know, man. It doesn't. I don't know. It feels like it's two very similar guys, but like Tyreek can go long. But how often is Tua going to throw the long ball to make that? He's not Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes, I'm pretty sure he threw the most deep ball attempts. It was him or it was Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. One of the three. Maybe they're going to do some flea flickers over or like some screens to Waddle, who then bombs it to Tyreek streaking. Who I think we're really going to have to see where that offense go, how that offense looks, what's it going to look like. But, I mean, I don't think there's going to be enough there with Gasicki in the picture, with Chase Edmonds in the fold, with Raheem Moser in the fold, with that run first, that zone run scheme mentality that McDaniel is, McDaniel is known for. I just don't think there's going to be 225 target, 130 target guys. Like, I can see 200 target guys, but can Jalen Waddle be as equally effective – Drafting him as the wide receiver seven, can seven. he be equally effective seven. with thirty less targets than he had this year? Can he Fucking produce seven. the same with thirty less targets this year? Goddamn is... seven! Do you understand that seven, seven? Do you know who's like eight? Let's just go eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Because uh, it's sick. It's DK Devonte, T Higgins, Tyreek, and Stefan Diggs. Get fucked. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and with that, <laughs> we are going to run off to a quick word from our sponsors at Viridian Global before we dive through these running back, wide receiver, and tight ends. Here at the Gold Jacket Podcast, we take fam- Here at the Gold Jacket Podcast, we take family very seriously. We know that family doesn't always stop at the bloodline. It's a word that ensures trust. It's a word that, well, around here means that I know that I can count on you to have my back. Viridian Global is family, a family of the Fantasy Collective, and that is the exact reason Viridian Global will have your back. And I don't just mean literally covering your back in the best apparel they can possibly outfit you in. I mean at every step of the way, from finding the brand that fits you best to tracking your order to making sure you are fully satisfied at every step. With over 50 brands a part of the Fantasy Football Collective family, what are you waiting for? Join the family now. ViridianGlobal.com Man, what are you waiting for? I, I can I can tell you right now that these uh, this is just doesn't uh, these buttons don't want to work for us tonight. Um, yeah, but yeah, uh, we're gonna dive in now that we ranted and raved about the quarterback position with a preview of the wide receiver position and a mix of everything. Let's move into the running back position quickly. Our overvalues and undervalues. Back. We'll try and keep it quick. Um, overvalued for me, Antonio Gibson at RB10 and Cam Akers at RB13. Gibson was the hype train was real, man. When the, everybody thought McKissick wasn't going to be around, man, that hype train was out of control. Now it's tapered off a bit, but I still feel like the expectations as an RB10 are too high. And I mean, I know that people are going to point out Carson Wentz likes to target the running back position, but you have. 
J.D. McKissick there for that purpose. This is a guy, J.D. McKissick, we have watched him inhale 100 targets as a running back in prior seasons. He is going to take the majority of that passing work away from Gibson. And in a PPR or half PPR league, I just don't think that Gibson is going to be able to end J.D. McKissick's under contract for two years. I just don't see a way where we can trust Antonio Gibson to reach what we hoped he would reach with McKissick in the picture, with Carson Wentz in the picture, and continued uncertainty at the quarterback position, and just not enough career span left for Antonio Gibson at the top of this, um, at the top here, especially with the rookie class that's coming in next season that's supposed to be incredible at the running back position. And then Cam Akers, for me, I've never been able to get behind Cam Akers. We haven't even gotten a taste of what it's going to look like. Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson, the true breakdown of that offense. Boo this man. Boo. I'm I'm just, yeah, boo. Uh, But that's my two. That's my two. I I mean, I know Cam Akers can probably hit the high-end RB2 numbers. But I just can't. I've never been able to get behind Cam Akers. I got to see what that offense looks like with Daryl Henderson. I'll take Daryl Henderson at the crazy discount before I take Cam Akers at the price that I have to pay for him. I'll take the shot in the dark at Daryl Henderson and see what happens at RB40 and what type of split he gets, whether it be 60, 40, 70, 30 over the QB 13 of Cam Akers. Oh, man. I don't know. Like I said, I like I like Cam Akers. Um... For me, it's RB2, Javante Williams. Like, you want to talk about hype trains and, and going off rails and, and uh, calling the environmental spill for containment. Uh, it's that Javante Williams hype train. That thing has gone off the rails in a small town. It is leaking chemicals everywhere. Call the Ministry of Environment. That thing is seeping. Um, the other one uh, that I think is egregious is your running back five. Um, that's Brees Hall. I understand Dynasty's played in a three-year window. I understand you can say the man has never taken a snap, and you would be wrong when guys have said that. It's the exact same thing about JT. I'm not saying he's JT, but to be taken ahead of such guys like your Christian McCaffrey's okay. I understand that, but your Joe Mixon's, your Dalvin Cooks, your Cam Akers, your Nick Chubbs, your Travis Etienne's. I think all those guys should be drafted before Brees Hall. In my honest opinion, that's. that's I mean, I, I've watched the tape. He's a super impressive running back he's a very impressive player but to sit there and tell me if you started a draft a dynasty draft today with rookies involved and you would at the turn of round two and three take Brees Hall with certainty not knowing anything just a draft right this moment with rookies involved and current players involved, and you would do that, I would call you crazy. I just wouldn't be able to get behind that either. He's a super impressive player, and in rookie drafts at 101, 100% you smash that pick. It is with a no-brainer. That's a, di- that's a different value. Very different that, value, that, that's exactly. That's a different value. But like I said, if you're like, – even 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 knowing his landing spot at the two at the two or three turn taking Brees Hall over Joe Mixon, I think you're nuts. Mm-hmm. Absolutely nuts. Looking at a three-year window, Joe Mixon at the end of that is what twenty-eight. Yeah, and we still see machines rolling like Derrick Henry. He's twenty-eight years old right now. So yeah, don't but sit there that's and fine. At, at Joe the Mixon. end of the, even at the end of that three-year window, he's twenty-eight. Big deal. You have him at 25, 26, 27. That's awesome. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like age isn't playing a factor in there for me. And if it is, mm-hmm. why is Najee Harris going so high? Yeah, because Najee Harris is 24 years old. Yeah. So it, it it's so funny how quickly the age thing can change as long as it suits what you're talking about or what you want to do with it. But it should be the same all the way around. A 30-year-old wide receiver, two 30-year-old wide receivers, perfectly healthy, should be valued the same from the injury stance. 
not now when you, just injury Whoa. alone, or like age alone. If they have no, if they have no prior injury oh, history, yeah, 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 yeah. they're both Perfect. thirty years old. Perfect. It should all work the same. But like, it, or no recurrent injury. If you're pointing to an injury that happened in high school and nothing has reoccurred, and the guy's thirty years old now, then it should all be weighed equally. But it, age is a fascinating or maybe thing it's in the just fantasy space. is just waiting to fail. <laughs> ah. building up all those years it's like oh, i'm going <laughs> <laughs> uh two running backs undervalued king henry man rb14 all day every day smash that um pick 54 this man is going in the fifth round now smash that all day every day as you're likely rb2 that's likely your second rb off the board maybe it might even be your third. It depends if you go with the robust running back strategy or what strategy you choose. If you don't want your RB, if you want to go quarterback, a couple quarterbacks, a couple wide receivers, and boom, this is your first running back off the board, I still think he's undervalued even at the age of 28. And the way that offense is looking like it's going to run. And Ezekiel Elliott at RB27, man, that is downright disrespectful. Listen, I understand that there is the concern of, you know, Tony, Tony Pollard, which still hasn't come to fruition despite the last two seasons, people being convinced he was going to eat more and more and more. And he has eaten, he eats like minimal chunks more into the pie. But at the end of the day, mm, Zeke. That contract says Zeke's going to keep. Yeah, it. that contract says, <laughs> and it's clear, it is the only contract that everybody is blaming for the situation in in Dallas right now. So that contract says they're going to run this dude into the ground as much yep. as they possibly can. And the guy is still putting up top 12 RB numbers every single season. He is not going to just completely catapult, fall off the face of the earth, go from an RB1 all the way down to an R a high-end RB3. I don't think that's going to happen overnight. I think you got a couple years before that drastic drop-off comes. I just think it's ridiculous how undervalued he is. I would take him there as your, you know, your third or your fourth QB or running back, without a doubt. Absolutely. I love that. Um, I got to agree real quick there with Zeke. He's one of the ones that I agreed with. I got really nothing to say, say with him as you've uh, articulated beautifully. The other one, if you know me, you know, my homie, he's perennially undervalued. Uh, it's the guy in a running back by committee. That is probably the best one to duo in the punch, but he's the cheapest Kareem hunt. He's always cheap. The guy, uh, RB31, guarantee. I'm telling you right now, guaranteed, I will guarantee you he finishes better than RB31. Guaranteed. I will, I will absolutely put the gymnastic sign of approval if he somehow finishes below RB31. Oh, my God. I'll make a charitable donation. And the gold jacket podcast name and the donation. And look at it by points per game because if he gets injured, well, then we need to talk speak a little bit differently. But if he doesn't, if he doesn't get injured, there's no way he's not in there. Like him and Nick Chubb together were top 24 running backs. It is so weird to see that happen where you have two. And I know that people are like, well, Dearness Johnson just got 2.4 million. Okay. So if they choose to go Dearness Johnson, guess what? Cream Hunt, oh, they can get out of it, zero dead money. They can save a bunch of money by getting out from under. Somebody's cool. picking he's him up. Job. Yeah, he's <laughs> yeah. going, he's getting a job, and I would Somebody's going to pick him up. Exactly. Yeah, you, you have no stress because he's going to go somewhere, and he's going to have a job, and he's going to have a role in that offense. He's just too good not to. The former so. literal, what, RB3 overall, RB2 overall in a fantasy season. With I mean, I know that was a couple of years ago, but, like, Okay, it was a couple of years ago. Last couple of years, he's been he's been literally time sharing it up with one of the beastiest running backs in the NFL, taking a beating, and and uh, he's been doing a lot of finesse work and still, I mean, still some pretty heavy duty lifting, but uh, not taking like almost like a Marcus Allen light back in the day. Remember when like the Raiders mm. for some reason, I don't know why. Remember that when the Raiders for some reason like tried to supplant him with anybody and everybody under the sun. And you just can't, you just can't be done. Cream Hunt will not allow it to be done. So don't even stress it. Love don't it. even stress it. So a couple, a, chief. <laughs> a couple double doubles quickly. Um, 
RB3 Najee Harris or RB4 DeAndre Swift? Who you got? Oh, man. Uh, kind of alluded to it a little bit there. Uh, it's DeAndre Swift. I think mm-hmm. Najee Harris is slightly overvalued. And he's got some violent run style to him. And DeAndre Swift, I mean, he's already got some of the tear. But, I mean, I wouldn't be worried about DeAndre Swift, especially in PPR, half PPR leagues. He's going to get the points there. Um, This one's a bit more interesting. RB9, J.K. Dobbins, or RB10, Antonio Gibson? This is breaks my heart. Uh, I don't think either one of them are going to finish anywhere near the RB9, RB10 that, that you're just talking about there, but I still got to go J.K. Dobbins. Uh, Harbaugh saying he's going to play it optimistically light preseason hope that him and Gus Edwards don't don't really tear anything. Uh, he says he's going to be the starter. But, man, like, uh, I'm going to go with him optimistically. It's a smaller piece of a pie. I mean, you got Lamar Jackson that's known to rush. Gus Edwards has done enough to warrant enough in that rushing game, just like if you've been alluding to with Daryl Henderson eating into that Cam Akers pie. Uh, more so, I think, than J.D. McKissick has for Antonio Gibson. But mm-hmm. still going to go with J.K. Dobbins. <coughs> Yeah, I'm going to go with J.K. Dobbins as well. I find he's just more effective with the less touches he was prior to the injury, and I think he can continue to be. Uh, despite having a smaller pie, I, I think he can be very effective when doing so. Um, last, Cam Akers, RB13, or Travis Etienne, RB14. I'd like to know your opinions here, because like I know you shit on Cam Akers all the time there. <laughs> Uh, I liked no, I like Travis Etienne. I thought there was a better value on Travis Etienne than there actually was, but really, like that James Robinson injury really spiked his value. Um, I think I'd still go Travis Etienne mostly for the fact that I think he can be the difference maker in the passing game. Whereas I just don't see what Cam Akers. He's already got you somebody knocking on his door for those types of touches. And I mean, you could see, you know, in in Daryl Henderson. And Cam Akers, you could see uh, like a Nick Chubb cream hunt type mix. I don't that, mind that. I wouldn't mind it, but it, it's all about seeing what that offense is because last year we were supposed to see what that was going to look like. And we never got to see it because Cam Akers got hurt. Then Daryl Henderson got hurt. They never got to actually, okay. we never got to actually see it, but I still got Travis Etienne on this one. Okay. So I want to start with how, how much do you hate Cam Akers? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't much? hate, I don't hate him that much. Like, little bit (laughs) come on i like the the travis Etienne, the talent coming out i was for i understand he's not the world's greatest runner okay i'm there for the work how much do you hate james robinson you gotta hate one of those teams i don't hate james robinson are you talking for the injury specific okay this is this is what i'm gonna ask you okay what offense is a better offense right now? Like right now, the game without you knowing the offense, Sean McVay's LA Rams, Super Bowl champion defending Rams. 100%. Obviously, Sean McVay's offense. Or the Jacksonville Jaguars. Obviously, Sean McVay's offense. So, why don't you want a piece of a bigger pie? Like a piece of mm-hmm. a better pie? That's my thing. I can see. It's it. like. I'm offering you a delicious black truffle, black fucking beautiful cake. And then you're just like, nah, I don't want that. I want the Edmonds down on the corner. Like, get out of here, man. <laughs> but I don't know. It, I want I mean, that better did, offense. I want that better offense. It's a better offense. It scores more points. Plain and simple, that offense scores more points. That offense is on the field more. And with more opportunity to score more points, he's got the more opportunity to put up more fantasy points. That's that's my look on it. Either way, those guys are both in a timeshare. James Robinson has 100%. done nothing, done nothing but uh, eat his way and, and kick the shit out of doors that have been put up in front of him, saying he cannot be a viable workhorse RB in this league. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. I, and if I, I was a Travis Etienne owner, I'd be I'd be honest to God, I would be looking for any rumors 
and articles, and I'd be dropping them in your league about uh, NFL executives still liking LaVisca Chanel and the rumors of LaVisca Chanel possibly being traded because that's the motherfucker that is going to get in your way. Those are the two yep. guys that are going to that are going to get in your way. I think. Yeah, the, there's so. definitely going to be risk. I think there's risk on either side of it. Yeah, the pie is a lot a lot prettier in in L.A. And I get it's that. It's got and whipped cream on it. It's got cherry. It's beautiful. I just man. think because of the injury for Travis Etienne, there's your just pie, like this complete like run over by a fucking truck. It's all smooshed. I think I think it's so <laughs> difficult to tell what both offenses are going to look like and where, what piece of the pie each of these guys are going to get. So I think and here's the it, other thing you've seen cam acres actually go out and do something. Agreed. Like, actually go out and Fair. do something post injury. If it, if it makes you feel better, unless I drafted them in the rookie drafts, I will have neither at 13 and 14. Okay. That's fine. But I'm saying if a gun's to your head, you have to take one. Like, you Cam Akers has checked every single box pre and now post injury. I think that he could possibly check for any doubter to really keep hating on him. I guess and you're we, still we, picking we'll, Travis we'll, Etienne. That's we'll, we'll, we'll pick this discussion back up in the offseason when we see where they land. If we're talking like five points per game difference between the two, I'll admit I was wrong. If we're talking a point per game difference between the two, then oh, there, yeah. there's not a, an existing gap as big as people think. And I think that they, there's just this still this very high expectation on Cam Akers where the expectation only arrived more for Travis Etienne because James Robinson tore his Achilles. If it no, wasn't for the James know, Robinson man. injury, I don't know. He was his he was... value was shot prior to the injury. He was not even going as a top 24 running back. And now he's spiked right back to fringe RB1. And what's the one thing that changed? The James Robinson Achilles tear that happened. That is the biggest game changer that happened in that time. So that was it. It's the opportunity knocking that people see in Travis Etienne. So it'll be interesting to see. We will revisit yeah, this next offseason. We will, will remember this. And into the wide receivers we go. Give me your two wide receivers you believe are being overvalued. For me... Two wide receivers that are being overvalued. It's got to be your Devontae Smith on the Philadelphia Eagles at wide receiver 18. And a guy that I've kind of shit on a little bit already in this episode is Jalen Waddle, wide receiver 7. I don't believe either one of those guys sniff that ADP finish. Like it? Good ones? <clears throat> I got a... Uh... I got Terry McLaurin. I mean, when when are we just going to accept that this could be a wasted talent? I mean, the dude is, I believe he's 27 and a half years old. We're like staring down a guy who's had this sky high value since he entered into the league and look back at his seasons, look back at, back at his production. It's just not warranted. I just don't understand. There's like, one really great season to his name. And otherwise, he's, I get it. He's been around bad quarterbacks. His quarterbacks have been what? Ryan Fitzpatrick, Tyler Heineke. Now he's got Carson Wentz coming in. Like, I just, I don't, his, his value dropped a bit. <clears throat> he was a wide receiver one last season. So the value was there. You know, it was still sky high, but it didn't even drop off that much. And Carson Wentz, is not that much better than Taylor Heineke. I'm not prepared to sit here and say that if they just got significantly all. better with that move. So might not have even gone better. Might have gotten worse. And that offense is just bad. That offense is just bad in general. There's no wide receiver too. There's nobody taking attention away from Terry McLaurin. Logan Thomas is coming back into the picture. Two of your best offensive weapons from a receiving and a rushing standpoint are Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick. It's just so bad in Washington right now, especially yeah, if you're that's... a fantasy owner trying to get through that. I wouldn't put that value on, on McLaurin. I wouldn't draft him there. I can't, I just can't. Um, and Jalen Waddle for me, we've done enough passion of Jalen Waddle to know that he's obviously going to be there on the overvalued charts. Undervalued for me, Darnell Mooney at wide receivers, 36. Listen, I know we bashed Justin Fields earlier in the episode, but boys, 
this is a wide receiver one on a football team, and he's going as a wide receiver three in drafts. That value is absurd to me. This guy can easily crack top 36. He's easy, still a top 30 wide receiver in the NFL. He's easily cracking that. I think he's going to be top 24. In the twos, definitely a wide receiver too. I don't think he gets to the one, but there's going to be insane amounts of volume going his way, similar to what we saw last year with insane amounts of volume over Allen Robinson, over literally everybody that was there. So I, when I saw him at wide receiver 36, mind blowing. And then the other one is his counterpart, former counterpart, Allen Robinson, wide receiver 41. People have been begging and pleading for Allen Robinson to get a quarterback. He just got a fresh three-year contract with a quarterback, yeah, with a Cooper. quarterback who yeah, got a fresh, a, who, got, who got a with a quarterback who got a fresh five-year contract. We just you just praised the beautiful, luscious cake that is the offense of sure the did. LA Rams. And you are telling me the wide receiver two on that team three. is worth possibly the three. wide receiver 40. He's not <laughs> Cooper Cup of Van Jefferson. Are you telling me Van Jefferson is going to be the two? No, no. Super Bowl <laughs> champion Van Jefferson. Thank you very much. Allen Robinson at 41 after the begging and the pleading for a actual legitimate quarterback. He gets it for the next three years and you're going to draft him at wide receiver 41. Get out of town. Maybe when Robert Woods was in town, okay. But now, no, 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 no. No, I'm sorry. I like them. I like them. No, for real, I like them. Those guys are beautiful. For me, it is, you want to talk about guys that are going as wide receiver threes. And this guy, when you look up disrespect in the dictionary, look under A. Because it's going to be Keenan fucking Allen at wide receiver mm-hmm. 31. What are you guys doing? Like, seriously, what are you guys doing? The guy's tied to one of the best quarterbacks, and, and for fantasy purposes, all intents and purposes, you know, I keep trying to deny it, but the guy, the baby faced assassin, is, is really what he is there. The guy's got a cannon of an arm, and he. The one of the reasons why Justin Herbert is so successful is because he has a very savvy veteran wide receiver in Keenan Allen. To let him go at wide receiver 31 is absolutely fucking nuts. The other one to me is a guy that I can see why he's going a little late, wide receiver 27, but still a little later than my liking. I think he should be up there a little bit. Not, you know, crazy bump ranks, but, you know, like wide receiver 19, 20 maybe. Um, that's Cortland Sutton. The guy just got a great quarterback. He, you know, if you're going to go with this whole DK Tyler Lockett narrative of, of Russell Wilson, which I'm not doing, but if you want to do it, it has to go full tilt with that. And you have to take the Agreed. wide receiver that full tilt. Looks like the wide receiver that did better, which would have been DK, right? DK was the wide receiver that did better. And who looks more like DK Metcalf and does more like DK Metcalf does out of those two? I would definitely say it, it was Cortland Sutton, but I'm not I'm not here to praise that or drive down that narrative as of yet. Maybe in the Wild Wild West, wiki wiki Wild Wild West series, we will see it, but um I don't I don't really want to write too much. About it, it's it's Cortland Sutton. Uh, that's a crazy value. How's it going, Coconut? Since 2013, Keenan Allen has been top 12 in fantasy points per game output in seven of those seasons. Just to add to your point about Keenan Allen and the value at wide receiver 31, just had to throw it out there. Um, we will quick. I want to do one. This is the one I want to hit on because we're getting pinched on time here. Rank these duos of wide receivers who share a team and are ranking in the top 24 who will who will finish top 24. So which one of these? Rank them in order of most likelihood that they land in their top 24. They have top 24 ADP to their name right now. That is Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, wide receiver for 24 and 15. 
Jalen Wall and Tyreek Hill, 7 and 11. Chase, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, 1 and 9. Okay, so I think it's going to be Cincinnati, the Buccaneers. No, sorry, Bucks, Cincinnati, and then Dolphins, not a fucking chance, in my opinion. But the way I say that is I think it's going to go like Jamar Chase, both Bucks ride receivers, T. Higgins. I think you got a good shot. Like, say, Jamar Chase is like the one, two, three, somewhere there. Uh, Evans and, and Godwin, like the three through nine. T. Higgins, like 10, maybe nine through 12 range is uh, is is how I can see those two teams stacked in, in there. And then I don't see Tyree Kill and, and uh, Jalen Waddle crack, crack, cracking those like myself. I see Tyree Kill potentially being able to get into the top 12 i do think there is a way where i see him get in there um and just based solely on targets and the type of volume that he's gonna see um and what he's gonna have to produce for himself but i would be in agreement with you i do think it is going to be the bucks then the then the Bengals, and then the dolphins i would say there's no chance with the dolphins but I it's so so you think both of them can hit that aspect that I don't think ratio. so not top 20 so then there's no then there's no chance there's no like there's to me there's just no chance like I there's just, no chance when I look at projections and I look at the type of the pass and offensive volume the 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 average depth of target of Tua to Tagovailoa how often he throws the ball deep there's just no way that Waddle and Hill together can get top 24 I just like I could see Waddle fringe. I can see Waddle being in the twenty-five through you know thirty range, but I just can't see. I just can't. There's no way I'm going to be able to pull together projections and sit there and comfortably say, "Yeah, Waddle and Hill are top twenty-four without a doubt." But the other two duos, hundred percent top twenty-four without a doubt. They're going to be in the top twenty-four, and they're going to live up to at least be in the ballpark, if not live up to the uh, ADPs that they're going at right now. Tight end. We'll do the overvalued, the undervalued, and I got one double double of a very of interest I really want to dig into. Overvalued for me, Mark Andrews. And I'm going to say it simply. He's currently going as a tight end two, which is a 27th overall pick. God just damn at it. the front end of the third. Only Sons him. Of bitches. Only him and Kyle Pitts are going in the first. Four rounds. Those are the only two tight ends going in the first four rounds of drafts. Give me the, if you're not getting Kyle Pitts, give me the value on TJ Hawkinson, Darren Waller, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, all day, every day over Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews, man, Huntley loved Mark Andrews. It cannot be understated how much Huntley loved and targeted Mark Andrews and how I think it is going to look like a very different offense with the running backs back and Lamar Jackson back. Rashad Bateman getting a full offseason, healthy offseason to put in work. Marquise Brown putting in his work. That's insane to me that Mark Andrews and Kyle Pitts are two in the first four rounds, two in the top 48 tight ends. I gotta agree with you there. Uh, I got I got Mark touchdown Andrews. Um, no, uh, don't for me. Absolutely, I I want to say my value pick is 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 Travis Kelsey, uh, where I see him being disrespected in the league. But nope, it's not for me. Uh, it's Pat Fryermuth for me. Uh, tight end number seven. I love the guy. Uh, wow. Got rid of Ju- Got rid of Juju. Yeah, I like him. I like him. Uh, um, I don't know. I don't know. If the hype keeps going, I won't get him. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. everybody that that knows me, he says like uh, the top three are bust, and then like just just wait it out. So if he, if his ADP gets real real high, um, I would back out. But I think what I'm saying right now is undervalued is. It's got room to grow, and I definitely think it's going to get height. Juju, Juju is gone now, so that's one of the, one of the three heads. As I've always argued, that's 
what uh, as those two teams are built very similarly, three wide receivers that are talented, uh, talented running backs, uh, very talented uh, tight ends. The only thing missing really was the quarterbacks as one was aging and leaving and one was just young and coming in. Um, so, yeah, I like Fryermuth. I think his ADP is going to climb, though, so I think he's undervalued as of right now. Uh, if you can get him now, and you I'm not convinced him. it climbs much more, though. I mean, he's going at pick 101, he's a tight end seven. The people ahead of him, I don't see him getting ahead of them, hit them this year, maybe even next oh, year, I right do. away. Like Darren Waller, TJ Hawkinson, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Mark Andrews, Kyle Pitts. Like, that's a significant company you got to pass, and no, some but significant grand you're saying to make up. you're saying 101, right? Mm hmm. Yeah, he's gonna or, go, uh, he's, one. Yeah, one oh one. Yeah, he's gonna be better than a lot of those guys. Interesting. Wait a second. I like it. I like it. Well, you look that up. I'll give mine. It's Zach Ertz. He's a tight end, sixteen. He just got a fresh new three year contract. That he's gonna see so much volume. He's gonna see a ton of volume at this point. There is the likelihood that obviously the Arizona's gonna bring in another wide receiver. Um, but there's also the potential likelihood of of like the DeAndre Hopkins. Is he going to be able to stay healthy? Is the injury going to be there? Rondale Moore, are they going to figure out how to use him? There was one positive. There was one thing that was working in Zach Ertz's favor. And when I had Chase on a couple weeks ago, we he talked about Ertz. He could say nothing but good things about Zach Ertz because when Zach Ertz came to town, he saw seven plus targets, I think in literally every game from the time he arrived from Philly to Arizona till the end of the season. He saw seven targets or more in every game. He's just, and that's where he thrives is when he's getting targets, targets, targets. That's what led him to be in the top three tight end for multiple seasons when he was in Philadelphia. The volume, if you can just get the volume. And that's why I don't necessarily believe that Arizona's urgently feeling the need, the heat to get a wide receiver in-house. I think maybe they'll, they'll likely draft one, but I feel like they think they have good weapons that can eat a lot of volume and can do a lot with it in Zach Ertz and DeAndre Hopkins. And of course they want to develop Rondale more and get him there obviously better than what they were using him as last season. So I got Zach Ertz. I like it. Um, I pulled up a few names that, that are going before the one hundred one or the 101. I mean, and it's like Isaiah Spiller, Leonard Fournette, um, Rashad Bateman, I think DeAndre Hopkins. I think he'll go go ahead of after Chris Olav. Uh Marquise Brown is another one, I think. Drake London. We can talk about him extensively later on in a couple episodes. Um Traylon Burks, like all of these guys, I think. I think uh Pat Fryermuth next this season and next season are gonna outproduce and climb adp for i think anyway that's just me maybe i'm wrong i don't know i like i like some crazy tight ends um it's know. fair it's fair the opportunity's there it's knocking um and uh we'll see how things work out with mitch trubisky but i mean at least it's a viable quarterback it's a better situation than probably ben roethlisberger was last year um but one double double before we leave and then tonight tight end 11 Dawson Knox at pick 131 or our newly and dearly departed friend, tight end 12, pick 134, Noah Fan. Better quarterback, better offense, got to go with Dawson Knox. Mr. Touchdown Dependent, Dawson Knox. Yeah, that's right, Mr. Touchdown Dependent, but better offense. Um, and in, in that range, like really – What's what's the big difference between them? Not not too much there. So mm -hmm. I'll take the boom but I'll take the boom bust availability and the availability to sell based on name and offense alone. And hopefully if he gets excel excels again next year, gets those early touchdowns, those early booms, you actually listen and sell because it's rare you're gonna get that second opportunity, that second win from a guy like Dawson Knox who honestly I think should have been sold last season. In season, last season, definitely should have been sold. Uh, depends. Depends. I think 
couple of my plays were hold them, make the push, make the run, and then uh, hope to God, uh, what's his name? Sanders and Beasley go, and nobody gets brought in, and then you sell them, right? Well, Based on and Sanders and Beasley went, Crowder yep. and Howard came in. I so... know that. You know what I mean? Like there, the window yeah, that, was very brief uh, in the off season. Like you had to kind of hope that somebody was predictive about it and said, oh, "I think these guys are going to go," but not see yeah, that window. That was somebody was coming so in. Little, it was like a kid in the room opened up a window, and the dad from the other room said, "Shut that damn window!" <laughs> like he went up, oh shit, boom, straight down. Oh man, I uh, I agree there. I agree there. Um. Before we finish up, shout out to Trophy Smack. They got 1,000 customizable trophy combinations, championship belts, and rings to choose from. At the checkout, make sure you put a ring in there with your trophy or belt and use that promo code TNFF at checkout, and you will get that ring for free with your belt or your trophy. That is TNFF at checkout with your purchase at trophysmack.com. Well, Shout out to everybody listening, watching, supporting us. Uh, make sure you rate, review, like, or subscribe wherever you're listening or watching, of course. Shout out to all the wonderful sponsors. That is Viridian Global, who you heard about earlier. Trophy Smack, who you just heard about. And Underdog Fantasy, who kicked off the show. Um, make sure you check out the entire True North Fantasy football crew. I just realized we don't, I didn't put the background, the whole border in today. But usually they would generally be above Jim's head. Uh, where you can find the True North Fantasy Football crew, truenorthffb.com, TNFF Network on YouTube, and at truenorthffb on Twitter. Um, follow Jim at GoldJacketQBs, myself at Connor10TEN. And uh, next week, we're going to be talking rookie quarterbacks with a very special guest who did a series called um, uh, It Was a Quest for the QB1. And he dug into, I believe it was seven or eight different quarterback names. So I thought of no better person who could really dive in and talk about this quarterback class and their potential fantasy value going forward. That is going to take place hopefully next Thursday. So for now, we will see you next Thursday. This is a beginning point.